Hello, listeners. My name is Brian Tamburino. And I'm Cassandra Schultz. Thank you for tuning in to FuelCast, the only young professionals podcast in Connecticut. The show is brought to you by Fuel and the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce. Our goal is to leave every young professional listener with something they can take away from our interview and apply to their lives. Follow us at FuelTheValley.com on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Today's guest is Dr. Lori Monaco. Lori, thank you for joining us. Uh, please introduce yourself. Oh, the pressure now. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Lori Monaco. I am a, a speaker and coach and a transformational speaker and coach. And I actually am a member of the chamber as well. And I reside and work here in Shelton, but I do a lot of stuff oh, across the state, uh, out of state, do some webinars nationally. And I am also by trade a chiropractor and I do energetic work and I have a home office and no, yeah, that's great. Thank okay. you. Uh, who are uh, who are who are some of your customers? Let's see. I have it's quite a variation. So I have a lot of lay people for coaching. Let's say um, I don't really I don't put myself as a business coach whatsoever. It's solely transformational to really understand the, who the person is and if they're feeling a little stuck or lost. So that, a lot of the coaching sessions are lay people. When I do my workshops, when I do my own workshops, I do, it's lay people. And then I get hired. So I've done stuff with insurance companies. I've done stuff with educational. So I did something at Amherst. I've done work with educators, uh, administrators, teachers, healthcare. I'm trying to see who else. Um, What was your favorite project or your favorite industry to work in? That's probably better. I guess I'm a little partial to education because I've been a teacher for 18 years. I've taught health sciences. So I'm like anatomy physiology teacher. And so I love teaching. That's why I got into the speaking in the first place. I mean, I've actually been a speaker longer than teaching, but what really catapulted it was just my love of teaching. So I guess I'm a little bit partial there just because I have such an understanding of it, but I don't know, like I have a really great time. I mean, I can have a great time with an audience who's just, like lay people. Like I did, I did one last week and it was not even a particularly large group. It was about 25 people and mostly over a certain age, but we had such a blast. The energy was fantastic. They were dancing. We, we all had a great time. And then, you know, sometimes you get some of the more business people, they're a little bit more laid back, but I, they kind of expect that they can't be that laid back with me. So, you know, I think it just depends on the groups. The, the business people are really good. The insurance people that I worked with are really good. So sometimes the healthcare people get a little bit more, you know, they're a little bit, but I I can't even say that. Now, see, I just contradicted myself (laughs) because I worked with a group in Long Island, uh, nurses. They were surgical and anesthetic nurses, and we had a fantastic time together. There was about 90 of them, and it was just great. What did you do? With that group, that group was fantastic. We did, we got up and we were dancing and we were just, and, and I usually... See, I'm going to give my secrets away. I usually get them to get up and I'll say, we're going to do some stretching. And then all of a sudden I'll put like a song on that they're not expecting. And it could be anything. It could be just a fun dance song or it could be something, you know, anything that we'd probably see at a wedding, you know, that you would listen yeah. to at a wedding. Um, YMCA, things like that. And it's, and it, and I know my groups, like the age, like most of the age groups. So I try to pick something in the genre and it just, it sparks something. So people were having a great time and I had people coming up to me afterwards and 
they said there was only a 30 minute allotted time for me, but we ended up going to about 45 minutes and they all had a bunch coming up to say, we wish we listened to you all day instead of all the speakers because (laughs) we could have had you all here all day. And I said, well, fine, I'll stay all day. That's fine with me. As long as you're paying me. That's yeah, (laughs) that does help. That sweetens the deal for sure. Yeah. That's very cool. So you had said that um, you were a teacher and now you do what you do. So how did you kind of make that? Oh, I love answering this question. What was that turning point where you're like, I'm a teacher um, and now I want to do this? I love answering that question because, and this is really, really important. I need to reinforce the fact. So you, your, this organization fuel is for under a certain age. So I don't even qualify for your group. I'm older, but it's, I'm so glad you actually had me on here because I did not get out of my own way all of my adult life. And it wasn't until I hit 45 when I hit a really, really bad depression. Um, and, when, and when I tell you it was bad, it was a six-month-long depression, three weeks suicide level. It was because something happened in my personal life I wasn't expecting. And it totally knocked me for a loop. And I just fell right down. And I had been, I've had depressive episodes off and on my, since my 20s but nothing like this. I had one major depressive episode, but nothing this severe. And I finally came to the realization. I loved teaching. I've always been a really, I've been so enjoyed it. And what happened was I had done speaking. I had been a speaker for years. I've been a speaker for a better part of 20 years, motivational, like wellness, things like that, but nothing like nothing constant, you know? And when I hit this depression, I, said to myself, I'd been going to therapy and I said, I, I really got to be the one to get me out of this. Like, I can't just rely on therapy. I don't want to be on medication. And not that I'm against medication. It's just that I knew that wasn't for me. And I knew this was, there was a reason for this. So I finally decided to get, start figuring out things that I can do for myself. And I started to listen to podcasts and, and, and videos and movies and read books. And I just did what I do best, which is learn. Mm. And I, and, and it was all stuff that I already knew. That's, that's the part that made it even more complicated. I have been around complementary and alternative medicine, personal development since I was 19 years old. I went to my first Tony Robbins lecture when I was 19 years old, walked over hot coals did all that stuff. <laughs> and then I, I knew all these, I had all the tools so it's like you have all these tools, but then you keep just self-sabotaging, self-sabotaging. And finally, that wake-up call, it was that wake-up call, and it was fantastic. And as bad as it got, it was what I needed to really completely shift myself. And so then I said, you know what? I know what I want to do. I know what I'm passionate about. Because we always say, oh, you got to you know, find your passion and do what you love to do. And I love teaching. It's not that I didn't love chiropractic. I I, I really love that uh, that career and I love the practice and I love what I do, but I wasn't in love with it. Mm. And so I didn't want to be around. I didn't I didn't always like being in practice. I didn't always like seeing patients and I always felt like I should have been doing something else. So with the teaching, it was great. With the teaching, I got out there and it wasn't that it was an ego thing like, oh, I like people watching me and listening to me talk. Although I do like having people listening to me talk. That's not a problem. But I do. It's not that. It was just I loved the reaction. I loved seeing in their faces they were learning something. And that they and, and I teach hard classes. I mean, I teach in anatomy and physiology. So people don't always want to learn that, you know. And I would make it fun for them. So I said, oh, you know, I really have like a little talent for this. So after that, I said, okay, you know what? That's it. I, I know what I want to do. I want to 
want to be paid to teach people. And I don't want to just teach people science, like anatomy. I want to teach people how to get beyond themselves and how to get out of, you know, get out of their own way and break the habits and change their beliefs, things that have kept them, you know, in, in that space for so many years. And that's what happened with me. You know, I, the reason I didn't utilize those tools had to do with the fact that I, I had such low self-esteem. I just really didn't think I was worthy enough. Mm. And so every time something good would start to happen, happen, I would self-sabotage because it was just, I couldn't believe that something good could happen to me because I didn't think I deserved it. Mm. And it, you look back at it and you say, you know, people now when they see me, when they listen to me talk or they, when they watch, uh, they come to the workshops, it's, and I'll tell them this story and they, and people who know me are just blown away that I was ever, you know, in that space or, and even looking back, I look at the person I was, you know, I was a very negative person, very envious of people, very jealous all the time, very miserable. I didn't always show that to people, but I, I knew deep down inside that's uh, that I was. And when you come into a personal transformation, transformation means knowing your truth. You have to face your truth and you have to be accountable for the choices you made, even the stinky ones, you know, you make you make so many Absolutely. bad ones, you know? Yes. And the key is if you could just say, okay, well, so I made that choice. I'm not gonna regret this. And uh, what did I what can I learn from this? And so my whole life, and that was probably the hardest part was when I started to to do this for myself. And I, and I did work with people to, to get, uh, to help me get through some hard times, but it, that was really tough. It was like, Oh gosh, I really have to take ownership of this. Like, can't I just blame that other person? It's just so much easier. It's their <laughs> fault. And I'm like, no, you know, it's my fault. And the things that happened to me, even though they, they were with, you know, they had to do with other people. I don't, and this is really important. You don't own the other person's choices. Mm. Their choices are their choices. So if they made some really bad ones and it affected you, that's on them, but it's how you deal with those choices and the choices you make going, you know, with that situation. And so I had to own up to a lot of stuff and, and it was so, um, enlightening for me. And it just made my workshops even more fun and more powerful. And all I keep doing is growing and growing because transformation is lifetime. And so I keep adding to my workshops, you know, in the beginning they were, they were good, but now it's like there, I try to bring in so much humor because that's also what saved me was my sense of humor. And I try to bring in as much humor as possible. And I used to, I love dancing and I love partying and music like that. And for years I didn't because one person that I really cared about told me that I look stupid when I dance hmm. and they made fun of me every time we would go to a wedding or something, they would make fun of me. I felt like and, that in high school. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, stuff, that stuff really it's, it's teasing, but it really can affect some, you know, Absolutely. some people. And I stopped literally doing what I loved. So we would go to weddings and I'd be like, no, I don't feel like it because I, I, and I wanted to. And now it's like any, any reason for me to like dance or put music on, I don't care. You know, I, I don't care what I look like. I just, I want to have a good time. Yes. And so that's, so that catapulted that, 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 and I still teach and I love it. Um, and where I teach, I can have enough leeway to where we do a lot of personal development and I warn them right from day one. So we're going to learn anatomy and physiology. We're going to talk about the brain, but then we're also going to, we're going to learn personal development. And so with my science background, I added that to my workshop. So I love talking about science with, and I make it understandable for people. So I've just sort of melded 
my two worlds together. And it's been a joy, truly joyous for the last three years. So with the scientific side of things, right, do you you address these resentments, this inventory and take your part in it and in, in all of this? Um, do you factor in some sort of like outer body uh, guidance system, if you will, like some spirituality component or? Sure. Yeah. Um, because the audiences that I work with are so varied, you know, and, and with transformation, which is an element, you're practicing basically mindfulness and mindfulness practice teaches us to not be judgmental. That's one of the biggest things. And again, in my transformation, I never realized how judgmental I was. I, I never thought I was, you know, until I really started to, to look at it. And I was like, wow, God, I'm such a, I want to say the B <laughs> word, you know, exactly. Thank you for that. No, no, no. So, but I, I really was, I, I, I didn't think I was. So, so you have to be very careful with working with groups because some people I have some clients that are very Christian mm. and then I have some that have no you know affiliation so I'll kind of cover it all like so when we're in a workshop and we're talking about I usually I usually say a lot universal intelligence that's what I usually say mm. the universe or mm -hmm. and then I'll say you can define the universe as you want mm. so if you want to define the universe as God that's totally fine that's if that's in your practice if you want to define it as a specific entity if you want to define it as source because that's a lot of times the transformation will say the word source mm. And whatever works. And I have yet, I've never had an individual be offended because I, I wasn't saying the right thing because I let them practice it the way they want to. I teach meditation in a lot of my workshops as a form of, you know, mindfulness practice, but also to help break a lot of the habits. And I'll tell individuals, some people are very, very religious and they're not comfortable with the word meditation, nor are they comfortable with doing it. I'll say, well, listen, then make it prayer, because really there's not a whole lot of difference mm -hmm. between meditation and prayer. And, and so it's and it, it's so doable. I mean, it's really not hard when you encompass just believing everybody is we're all equal. We're all the same. Listen, I've cut into people. I've, I've dissected people. We're all the same. We all look the same <laughs> on the inside. So it's like, and, and I, and it's funny, but I view, really, truly view it that way. Like when I was in dissection lab, we're all the same. It doesn't, when you're, when you're looking at these bodies, it's just, there's no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't know anything about these people. You don't know their religion. You don't know, you know, if they were left wing, right wing, you don't know anything. You just, they're human. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I, that's where my, my practice is now going. It's, it's teaching people to be human. Because we have such brilliance about us. We have what we see on TV. That's that's not really being human. That's being uh, like, you know, that's that's the lower part of our brain working, being being just reactive and violent. We are better than that. You know, we share 98 percent of our DNA with chimps, mm. but we don't normally normally behave like chimps put my quote marks up you know i mean i probably i'm sure there are some people that sling feces every so often <laughs> but um in fact i know there are especially in prisons and stuff but but you know overall it's like we 98 there's only two percent difference in our dna but yet we're so different and the two percent though in dna world is huge it's it's a it's a very big difference and so what so why, why resort to lower species behavior when we have the ability to control that and take a different choice? And so 
And I'm not the only person that feels this way. There's plenty of people that do what I do that have this bigger picture of the world where we see that we're hurting, like the world is hurting, the environment is hurting, people are hurting, people are very unhappy. And how are they, you know, getting out there? They're being violent. They're being, we're on medications of yin yang and antidepressives. And, and it's like, we're all hurting. And there's so many, there's certain things that are missing. And, you know, that's where consciousness comes into play and cooperation and um, com- compassion and love. These are all words we don't like to talk about, especially mm-hmm. like in educational realms. And they're, but they're great things to talk about because I, I think the reason is because a lot of them are difficult to define, right? There's no true definition in education for the word compassion or love. Well, and I don't think there's room for it in education. I think we've gotten to a point where we're just so hard pressed on the, the grades and testing, you know, uh, teaching to tests mm-hmm. for as far as primary and, and secondary ed and just go, go, go and high scores, high scores, not looking at the bigger picture that we're more than that. We are brilliant with that. We are our capabilities of our brain. I mean, we our brain actually records everything from the time that we are born, from the moment it can conceive it and has and the memory connections are there. So from the time that it can do that, from the day till the day that we die, it's recorded every single thing, every single moment of the day. It's just that we don't remember that because we don't need to. Mm. So that goes into the unconscious level of the mind. And then the subconscious is where the memories that are more salient to us stay. Like, so the ones that, that are more important, and sometimes we don't want them to be important. It could be traumas and things like that. But that sits there. So whenever it needs to come up into the conscious mind, it can it can access the program very rapidly. So like in computer terms, they like to say the subconscious like the is the RAM. That, that's the RAM memory. It's the, it's the one that you can access really rapidly. But then the unconscious is deeper stuff. It's there, and you can find ways to pull it up. Hmm. Like hypnosis, for instance, you know, some forms of meditation. And sometimes those are where deep set traumas sit. And it does sometimes not even have to be hypnosis. It could be somebody that's, you do they go somewhere? You hear, you hear these stories, they'll go somewhere and they'll, they'll, something triggers them. All of a sudden they'll get this memory, horrible memory from their childhood. And it was like a sound or a smell, or they went to an area where they hadn't been in years and all of a sudden something triggered. And that was in that unconscious and something pulled it up, but sometimes it never comes up. And, but again, you know, this, I think that's, we were so many levels and you're right. I think they don't know how to define it. And I don't think they know how to, what to do with it mm. is the other thing. I just, I think they just, it's just so much easier to worry about the test. Have you ever read the book? Um, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. No. It's a great, it it talks a lot about that. He's an economist, but he also has uh, some sort of psychology degree. And he, uh, it's a very, very thick read. So save it until you have a lot of time. (laughs) Uh, But it talks about building neural pathways in order to access specific memories. Um, A lot of it is repetition, but uh, to define the book, you'd really have to read it. There's a lot to it. And then, he goes into accessing the unconscious in order to dispose of the things that may cause trauma, uh, traumatic experiences. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. With transformation, a lot of times, and this is where sometimes people do end up getting stuck. They start and they want to do it, but you do, you have to access the garbage. Mm. You, you have to go in there and you have to pull it out. And that's what I'm saying. You have to know your truth. You have to come out and face that. And, and, you know, there's so many ways to say you face your demons or your shadows or whatever you want to say. And for some people, it's so, so traumatic. It's so hard that 
they would just rather keep it there and say and stay stuck mm. because it's just too hard for them. And then then you have the other group who it's they just want to stay stuck because they love wallowing in their misery. They they you know that expression misery loves company. You know it, but you know what? Happy people love company too. And it's like <laughs> so if you if you want to change your life, one of the things you have to do is take stock in your environment. And you might have to get rid of things in your environment. I'm not just talking about getting rid of clutter. You might have to get rid of people yeah. because they will always try to pull you back. And what's running is that subconscious program. The subconscious program is every all our experiences in our whole life. And we are consciously aware of them. And then they get put into that subconscious mind. We, we run 90 to 95% of our daily lives in our subconscious mind. And then only pops up consciously for certain things. And so in order for you to change that program that has been going on and on since we were children, you have to consciously do it. Uh, where can listeners find out more about you, your events and, and all that? Okay. So my, uh, just go to my website, drlorimonaco.com. And it's just uh, no periods, D-R-L-O-R-I-M-O-N-A-C-O.com. And I have event lists and I have a calendar and most, some of them you can book right online and mm. some of them are through other organizations so that, but it gives the link. So I'm very, and I'm always adding stuff. There's always something coming up. So check back frequently. You can also, uh, you know, follow me on Facebook at uh, Facebook, Dr. Lori Monaco. And I'm also on Instagram and Instagram is inspire and empower in five. Awesome. Thank you so much. So thank you again to our sponsors, Circuit Breaker Sales, New England, Peralta Design, People's United Bank, Gary's East Coast Service um, for sponsoring Fuel the Young Professionals, as well as our membership incentives. Um, and thank you to the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce for helping get this group started um, with everything that we do, specifically our podcast as well that we are up and starting. Um, for those of you looking to get more involved with Fuel, um, or hear more from speakers like Dr. Monaco. You can learn more about Fuel at FuelTheValley.com. Follow us on our social media sites and find us at some of our upcoming events. This podcast was produced in cooperation with Running Brook Productions, LLC.